What does it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? That's the question we aim to answer every Monday on the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. We're Michael and Marshall O'Fay, and in this episode, we're going back to Minimalism 101, and we're discussing how you can make decisions on what things to keep and what to discard when decluttering. This episode was inspired by the KonMari method, particularly around the phrase we keep hearing all the time, does this item spark joy? If you haven't heard of this question before, don't worry. We'll break it down in the conversation, as well as some other questions you can ask depending on the level of motivation you have. Anyway, I don't want to give too much away, so let's get straight into the episode. Hi, everyone. Hey. Thanks for tuning in. So today we're going to be talking about the life-changing magic of not sparking joy. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about today? Yeah, I'm. Oh, look, I'm not nervous, but I, I'm actually really excited to finally go quite deep into a topic around minimalism. Yeah, uh, and I think particularly with it going a bit more mainstream, which we're about to talk about now, um, I think. There's a lot of things that we've been wanting to add to this conversation yes. uh, that we've been talking about for quite some time that we get to dive into today. So I am, I'm pretty pumped, yeah. but I'm always pumped. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but but to, to bring it back to the focus today, so um, look, we are talking about the KonMari method of decluttering. And for those of you who are not aware, um, Marie Kondo... Um, this absolutely adorable <laughs> um, Japanese lady who has really brought um, decluttering and concepts of minimalism to the masses. And she started off uh, many years ago with a New York Times uh, best-selling book um, called The Life-Changing Art of Tidying. And uh, I read this book very early on in my minimalist journey, and it was a huge influence to you know how I approach getting rid of things in our in our home in an environment as well. Um, so it is a book more about tidying uh, than minimalism, but it does have some Starts overlaps. Yeah, yeah, it has some overlaps as well. So um, you know, we, we I did write a, a review. I don't write any book reviews on our website, but we do have one. Um, about this book so we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes as well Um, but I think we really wanted to talk about you know some of the questions you ask when deciding to get rid of something when you're deciding to actually declutter um, a particular rooms or categories in your environment so um, that's what this whole episode will be about and there's going to be some different extremes and spectrums and the questions you can be asking. Um, but that's what we want to unpack today. Um, so, look, the, the first thing we want to talk about is is Marie and some of the great work that she's done. And we need to acknowledge that. Um, but I'm curious uh, from you, Marsha, like when you first heard about uh, Marie Kondo's work and her book and everything, what were your initial thoughts and impressions? Um, my initial, well, it was quite a few years ago. So I think it was in 2015 when, or that's when you read the book and that's when you talked to me about it. And when I first heard the method that she uses, I found it a little bit, uh, extreme. Yeah. Um, and I thought that it, well, the first thing that popped into my head was like, 
no one is going to pick up every single item that they own and ask, does this spark joy? Yeah. Uh, so that's where it felt a little bit impractical to me mm. and how, I guess, you would deal with the whole process of decluttering. Um, but that was from someone that hadn't read anything that she had written or understood the deeper concept of what she was talking about. So mm. um, that response was purely on the surface. And I think the problem with that is that a lot of people do tend to look at it that way. They don't actually dive deeper and see what she's all about. Yeah, and you know what? It's I think you make a really good point. It's really easy just to see something in the press or the media or on social media about her work mm. and to have a perception of it being quite shallow. But, you know, from someone that's actually read the book, it is very detailed. So you're judging a book by its cover. <laughs> yeah, basically <laughs> you are. But she's excellent. Like, I think her vulnerability and her storytelling and her passion for tidying, oh, not for only her family. Passionate. Like, she, she's amazing. Like, so inspiring. But um, there is a deeper message in the way she writes the book. Uh, about you know defining who you want to be, but I think what she's done is she's created a system and a framework that's really approachable. Yeah. So I've got, you know, there's there's people that I work with, there's people in my life at the moment who are absolutely trying to apply to KonMari, that to Marie Kondo their their houses as they say, um, because she's made it so easy for everybody to get engaged with. But when you read the whole book, there are some deeper messages in that. Can you just talk a little bit about the KonMari method? Because so the, her name is Marie Kondo, but then she's she's created a movement around KonMari um, method. What what is that exactly? Yeah, so basically it's a process that she uses. So you know when you approach um, discarding items or decluttering or spring cleaning. Um, you know, normally people would approach it by breaking it down by room or location mm-hmm. uh, and then doing it in phases. Yeah. The Konamari method is actually about um, not tidying. It's about reaching a point of decluttering and achievement as quickly as possible. And she approaches it by categories, not by rooms. Yeah. So, so can you give us an example of yeah. what that would look like? Yeah. So she might focus purely on clothes. Okay, or purely so on than books. Bedroom. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Because clothes could exist in multiple rooms. rooms yeah. Okay, but she would just focus on a category of clothes. Uh, same thing with books, right? So that's just a separate item in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and she's all about building momentum as quickly as possible and getting to a goal. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's what's really appealing about it. Um, not only that, there's more philosophical components as to your relationship with your things right and they're more serving um, a really specific purpose in your life but actually having a level of gratitude for the things that you own yeah and having respect for them so this is everything from how she folds her clothes to how she treats you know every item in her handbag and her purse yeah. with intentionality and yeah. gratitude and, and appreciation. Thanks them. Thanks, and her thanks them. Yeah, she yeah. thanks her things for their service as well. So it's it's actually uh, having a really nice positive relationship with your things. But do you see how that can seem extreme to some people? Like when I kind of look at how she goes through like probably a typical day in her life would seem very extreme to some people and they would say well 
I don't have time for that. Like I can't be thinking every single thing that I do. I've got two children running around. Yeah. Like it's to me on some level there's this impractical uh, aspect to what she does. But I think I don't think that she's she's trying to share how she does it and then for some people to also just pick bits and pieces that they can actually approach yeah. to their lives rather than going to the full extent of what yeah. she does. But the full extent is very inspiring for people. Yeah. For those who are So it's kind running. of like inspiration, aspiration type of goal where it might not necessarily be what they're able to achieve right then and there. Absolutely. But if you look at... And look, this is my naive opinion, but if you look at Japanese culture, yeah, right, um, and you think about you know uh, just the intentionality um, of how that culture lives, um, there's a level Even just of tea ceremonies and how they pour their green tea and absolutely. enjoy that and exactly sleep right. on the floor and. So what yeah. you're talking about, cool, the everyday Western person, yeah, that's rushing through life yeah. with all these commitments yeah. but really deep down inside is that the life we want to live yeah. so i think when we have this figure like her um come and represent this zen like approach to the things you own it's very calming for a lot of people and mm. i think it's actually something that people deep down inside aspire to have more of in their lives yeah um so i think that's why you know she's amazing because she's so positive she's so practical and she's so empathetic to people and then throw in her background and her culture and yeah. it's this great mix to inspire people around the world because that's what we inspire what we aspire to do yeah um so but but with that though it's um i think i think you and i in preparation for this episode we're talking about uh, we we read the chapter we read the chapter about you know how she came up with this question does this item spark joy to yeah. decide so whether to keep... it's the selection keep... criteria. Yeah, it's the selection book. criteria, right? And I think um, there's there's multiple ways to think about how to keep something or not. And she talks about, um, you know, it's really practical to get rid of things that no longer work or mm-hmm. have expired. Mm. Um, that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. But for the things that are not as obvious to get rid of you need to develop a criteria for yourself to decide whether to keep it or not. And I think she went through a phase of trying to work out herself what what it meant. You know, she was saying how she was decluttering and doing all of these things, but at the end of the day, there was, she still had a lot. Yeah. Like all the time she had to deal with things and it was taking up a lot of her time. Um, and I just want to read in a section out of her book, if that's all right, just yeah. to give you where the where things shifted for her yeah. um, and what she talked about. So, um, so she says, when I woke up, I knew immediately what that voice in my head had meant. So she said, um, look more closely at what is there and had been so focused on what to discard on attacking the unwanted obstacles around me that I had forgotten to cherish the things that I loved, the things that I wanted to keep. Through uh, this experience, I came to the conclusion that the best way to choose what I keep and what to throw away is to take each item um, in one's hand and ask, does this spark joy? If it does, keep it. it, uh, If not, dispose of it. 
Um, so I think how she came about that was um, that she wanted to choose what we wanted to keep, not what we wanted to get rid of. And that yep. for me was a massive shift in how I personally, even to this day, sort of look at things. Yep. And it's this whole concept of like, oh, well, that can go or that, you know, that item I haven't touched in six months or that dress I didn't wear all summer so it can go. But I think shifting it to what you want to keep is really powerful mm. because that way you you ask a whole new set of questions um, as to how you want to move move forward um, rather than just the getting rid of, yeah. rid of component. Yeah, absolutely spot on. And it's like she... She even says that. It's like, what's the point of all of this? Yeah. You know, the point of all of this is to end up in an environment where you look around and you love everything that you have. Mm. So it's actually a really, it should be a more of a positive thing than a like, oh my God, what can I get rid of mm. as the goal? So, um, yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on with that paradigm shift. And I think that's why it's so relatable to people around the world to ask this question. Mm. Um you know, I, I think at the same time, you know, when you look at our journey into minimalism, it was a it was a lot, you know, it was a lot deeper for us. Yeah. Um, and and I think uh, we're going to give you an example on the other side of the spectrum of how you can make decisions to get rid of things. But then we'll talk to you a little bit about our journey, which is probably somewhere in between. So I want to introduce uh, Joshua Becker. Uh, so Joshua is uh, a thought leader in the minimalist community. Um, so he runs a, a long-time blog uh, and books and courses um, all around uh, minimalism and intentionality. Uh, and we actually had the, the pleasure of um, interviewing him or having a conversation with him, which we uh, transcripted onto our blog, which we'll link in the show notes as well. But um, he wrote a, quite a controversial article um, sort of after the Marie's book came out uh, about the question about spiking joy. And like us, he acknowledged that uh, Marie has started a great conversation for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, there were some concerns about the question itself about spiking joy. Um, so some of the things he talked about um, that he challenged around the concept was point one, uh, placing our own happiness above everything else and continue to define it in the terms of our possessions. So that's really interesting to me because when you think about joy and in things, that's implying that you are depending on things to, to be happy. Happiness. Yeah. Whilst, you know, if you look at minimalism for us, it's all about sure. actually clearing things in your life to think about internally what brings you happiness. Yeah, not that depending. aren't possessions. Correct, not yeah. depending on possessions to bring you happiness. Yeah. So fundamentally by asking the question, does this spark joy, is already shifting the dependency on your possessions to give you that joy. Mm. When joy, one would argue, should be coming from within. Yeah. Um, so that was a really interesting point. The second point is um, Kondo suggested focus does not... Um, Carl, our consumeristic tendencies. So um, I think what he was trying to allude to at this point is, you know, are we really getting to the root cause of why we're bringing things into our life in the first place? Or are we, are we purely focused on using this question to discard 
the things that don't spark us joy. So it's all about how do we root cause our consumption habits at the beginning. Because that's not going to inevitably yep. fix that. It will just look at the current positions you have in your home, but it won't change your consumerist habits moving forward to then bring more products. It's sort of on the surface of right now in this moment, but when you're in the shops and making that purchasing decision, you might not be asking those same questions and then you'll have to go through that process once more in six months' time or the whole concept of something sparking joy at that point in time, but in six months it might not yeah give you joy again yes so it there's that there again is the difference between decluttering mm. and actually coming down to the root cause of why you have so many possessions to begin with exactly right and you know and it doesn't necessarily that's a spark joy it doesn't necessarily address the question of um finding the liberty and the empowerment of having fewer things in the first place Okay, the third point he makes is the filter may improve the peacefulness of our surroundings, but it does little to bend the trajectory of our lives. So this is more talking about, cool, the aesthetic and the environment that we live in, the peace that we find from looking around and not having many things. But um, are we actually getting the benefits of what this is contributing to some, some things beyond just our environment? Uh, when it comes to decluttering. Because you can organize and reorganize your possessions all day, every day, really, and know everything has a a place for itself. I mean, honestly, this is how I used to be Mm. when I was younger. I had a lot of things in my room, but everything had a purpose as well, and everything sparked joy for me. And I was super neat and organized, but the amount of time that I spent on organizing, reorganizing in my yeah. room and and looking at stuff and depending on those things to bring me joy rather than seeking other uh, more meaningful things. Yeah. Um, really now I can see the difference in mindset to now and as to what I was when I was younger. Yes. So it's interesting. I mean, when though when I do look back, I do have fond memories of that. Yes. But on a longer term, it's not a sustainable way to live. And this is why I believe that what I have now is much stronger and and more meaningful than what I did then. Yeah, absolutely. But again, I feel like that was a good starting point. Yes. And um, it it was a great introduction to what has become of our lives now. Absolutely. Um. So when you yeah when you look at those challenges that Joshua broke up it's it's pretty fascinating. So he ends with redefining the question and also we'll again we'll link to this article so you guys can um get into it, the conversation as well. But his question ended up being um does does this item help me fulfill a greater purpose in my life? So does this item help me fulfill a greater purpose in my life versus does this item item spark joy now spark joy is a great question it's very approachable and actionable now does this item help me fulfill a greater purpose in my life i know to many people will make them feel quite overwhelmed yeah uh would you you know if i was to ask you that question marsha like how would you feel um i mean 
I, because we have a lot of purpose and intention with what we're doing with our lives, I don't think it would be as overwhelming as it would be for others. But yeah. it's still for me, if I had to ask every single thing in the in the Conmarie method, it it it's not a sustainable yeah. thing yes. as well. So um But a greater purpose. I mean that's pretty loaded. That yeah, that that's implying a, a big... that question is implying that you know yes. what your greater purpose is in life. Yeah. So, uh, look, for someone like me, I find it pretty, like, I've, I've, I sit in the clouds rather than the dirt quite, quite comfortably. Like, I like thinking about the big picture and what my greater purpose is in the, in the scheme of things. So, this question is very motivating to me, yeah. but that's because I can see it pretty clearly. Yeah. In my experience, though, um, you know, I, like, I th- you know, people really focus on what they have to do tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> or in the next hour, yeah. Um, yet alone thinking about what their greater purpose in that that, that just seems quite ludicrous. Um, so, so I, I think there's a lot of value in that question, but for the right person, for the right person, yeah. But the practicality of it could be quite overwhelming, quite overwhelming, yeah. And I guess at this point, this is where we started thinking. Well, okay, so we've got the Conmarie method. Does this spark joy? And then we've got what Joshua is saying is, um, does this help me fulfill a greater purpose in my life? And we thought, well, in in many ways, they are either too relatable to too many people that it doesn't help them build more on top of that, or it's just a little bit too far in terms of um, how they can approach yeah. decluttering and minimizing and organizing themselves. Mm-hmm. So for us, we started thinking, well, okay, there must be more in between those two things and how it can be a bit more approachable and realizing that everyone is different. Like for me sometimes, and at this point in my life, I'll be honest, I can't see um, further than my headlights. Like I'm not, if I'm driving in a car and it's foggy out Mm. and I've got my headlights on, I can't see past that. Yeah. Like my my brain is just like it just shuts off and I go into this anxious, overwhelmed feeling mm. because we're still working mm. um, and we're, you know, we're podcasting once a week. I'm writing recipes once a week. We're still producing articles. We're soon going full time with The Minimalist Vegan, which is super exciting. Yep. And we're moving to Europe in five months time. So it's this whole like there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of different exciting things going on. But for me, it's like, well, I just need to focus on what I need to get done today. Yeah. And thinking of too many other things can be overwhelming. Yeah. So I started thinking, well, how how would I want that question to be asked? Yeah. Um, so we've worked out four different ways of asking that question depending on the type of person that you are so we're just going to spend a little bit of time breaking that down and kind of giving you examples of how that could look like so I guess the first one would be does it spark joy so do you want to tell us a little bit about what that type of person I guess what um what situation yeah Yeah, what would fit that yeah well I think this is um you know for those who I think are just getting into their journey, um, 
uh, are like, oh my God, I've just got so much stuff. Yeah. And uh, this needs to change. Yeah. Uh, and historically, I haven't made um, decluttering a priority. Mm. And I'm aware of that. And but it's, they're just feeling overwhelmed. They're feeling and overwhelmed. And they need to start somewhere. They need to start somewhere. So I think that's when absolutely pick up Marie's book, watch the Netflix series. Um, start by categories, start read asking, articles, read the article, read. start the question, uh, asking the question, does this item spark joy? Thank your items. And I think that is absolutely where you need to start if you are in that phase. Yeah. Um, so I guess the next one yep. would be um, what would the the person I look up to do? Um, so mm. if you're not, if you're still, if you feel like the sparking joy is a little bit not beginner but like too broad for you and doesn't quite feel like it'll fit into your life um thinking about the person that you look up to because you're not sure as to um who you want to be or what your greater purpose is in life which let's be honest is a lot of people yep um so if you have someone that you are inspired by or that you feel um uh I guess, you know, unless you know them personally, you don't know what happens behind the scenes. But Michael's got a really good example yeah, yeah, of someone I, that he has in the yeah, past looked up to. Yeah, I, I do the Steve Jobs test. So, um, you, you know, I I look at Steve Jobs as somebody who is incredibly focused or was incredibly focused, I should say, um, on a, a mission to change the world through technology. So his day-to-day decisions are sort of all based around that. So I always think that, you know, when I'm looking at getting rid of something or bringing something into my life, I'm like, oh, cool. What would what would Steve Jobs do in this situation? Mm. Uh, would he see this as just superfluous or something that's just a complete waste of money and investment? Or would he see something that has got a really significant contribution to what he's trying to do? And that really helps me um, filter those decisions. So I think there it's, there's also a point I'd like to make is that you don't have to have the same vision in life as that person, yep. but you value um, how they live their lives. Yeah, their so approach. for instance, you don't have to change the world through technology. That's not your purpose in life Yes. per se, but it's something that you respect that person for and what they're doing in their lives and look at it well. If if I want to follow in their footsteps to a degree, what would, you know, how many distractions do I have to get rid of for that to be a possibility? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and the next one that we, we thought about, which I can relate to the most is, does this contribute to the person I want to be? So, for a long time, I have looked into the further future and always imagined the type of... Uh, lifestyle that I want to be living I guess I also want to make the point of saying you should be enjoying the right now as well as what's possible in the future and that expectation gap needs to be minimized we wrote Michael wrote an article about this and it's a really important one because I still do catch myself in that phase sometimes where um, I'm constantly thinking about the future and what I want to achieve or who I want to be then, then seeing myself as who I am right now and yeah. appreciating and respecting that enough to live more in the now. Yes. So I just wanted to make that yes. point. But going back which, to... Which is heavily influenced by everything. 
Yeah. That's heavily influenced by, you know, the, the expectations of our parents, the expectations of people we see on social media and the lives they're living. And, and the expectations that we put on ourselves, which is the most brutal of all, I think. Exactly right. So, so it can, you've got to be careful with this. Yeah. But, but it's real. It's, let's face it, it's, it's something that we all do. Yeah. So I guess for me, um, that, I, that when I'm looking into the future, once upon a time it was like, you know, getting married and having children and, and living in a little cottage and yeah. uh, having a veggie patch. And, and that part of the dream is still alive, minus the children. Yep. Um, because we'll link to an article in the show notes for that one as well. We've decided not to actually have children. Yeah. Which to this day, people still say, oh, how old are you? Oh, you're 30. Oh, you've still got plenty of time. Yeah. You'll change your mind. But there are many reasons as to why we don't want to have children. But it's interesting how my vision in many ways is still the same. Yeah. But um, without certain things. And I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. So the vision didn't have to completely change on me. But I feel like I can add more value to it as I'm yeah. getting older. Yeah. And I guess the things that we're doing are definitely moving towards that. Mm. So... You know, having having a beautiful cottage house um, that has so that we can grow our own produce and our dog Chewie can run around outside in the the green um, grass and like yeah. having something that because I am a bit of a homebody, I yeah. do like to spend time at home and being self-employed is a big thing. So you want to create a space that you feel like you're in love with and that you want to spend more time with. And I'm not saying that that means that I'll be at home 24-7 and never go and experience things, but you also want to create an environment that you don't want to run away from. Your nest. Yeah, because you've created... Sometimes people run away from home because they don't want to deal with things. Yeah. And so... And I think that that's... that's yeah, good That point. can be a really good big point. problem because I know people that are like that yeah. in my life. So... Um, but you can visualize... Like everything's like you can visualize the clothes you're wearing. Oh yeah, the, what the kitchen looks like. You know the type of furniture that we would have, and um, and not to say that that's a like you know I don't want to make it sound like I'm very materialistic on that front, but I have a vision as to what I know brings me joy in the whole life aspect, yeah. and obviously the home and the possessions within that home are a component of that. But that will enrich me to, you know, I would like to do a cookbook. Yeah. You know, so I feel like that environment will inspire me to create an amazing cookbook but or cookbooks. But that is your character. You are visual. Yeah. Like you're incredibly... This is why, and I've mentioned yeah. this when we talked about a minimalist vegan wedding, Pinterest is like... Amazing. Yeah. So this is where the visuals come from in my head because I've seen different images and I go, oh my God, like I want that in my life. Yeah. You know? And it truly makes you, like it does make you happy. And I think you, yeah, you, you've you always been incredibly visual. Not that and, I've run any of this past Michael, but I just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but it doesn't surprise me because you've talked about it in one way or another yeah, over the course of our relationship. But you, I, I know you've always been motivated by... Um, you know, aesthetic and design and 
pictures and you know like you living just living the simple life and i think that's what it comes down to and i and a long time before we even went on this journey i didn't it didn't click in my head that that's what it was like like i wanted to go you know live somewhere where it had like a gorgeous little bakery and a cafe and that you can s- support small local businesses and yeah and have that sort of you know create rituals around it and and just live the slow yes slow meaningful life yeah so um and in a way you're designing your life yeah which is really cool like you're actually you know you're so clear in who you want to be yeah. whilst acknowledging who you are right now yeah. that you can actually go about designing the life that you want yeah. and and I think that's actually quite motivating to make mm. decisions about yeah. what to keep and what not to keep yeah. um, because the vision is so clear for you yeah. so that's yeah. before I forget I also yeah. want to make the point of for us I guess in the last what six seven years since we've been living together mm. I don't know how long it's been now about that yeah about that maybe closer to eight um we've moved a lot yes and for us it's the whole question of every time we've moved we've always thought oh we don't have that many things you know two car loads we're done and dusted and we always feel so disappointed with ourselves because things always creep up on us that we wouldn't have thought because we've stuffed it in cupboards or whatever and michael wrote a really good post about that in terms of the problem with storage, I'll also link to the show notes about yep. that one. But the last one... Oh, and Marie talks about that in her book as well. Oh, okay. In storage, yeah. So we moved... So we're currently living with my parents before yep. we moved to Europe. And the decision between just moving house and then the decision to be moving overseas and what we chose to keep then was still you know like we're not taking any furniture with us and we're not we're downsizing to a lot of things that we just think well there's no point in paying for postage for that to be shipped over to europe yeah um and that's really made us minimize down to the core items of the things that we actually want in our space and so and i think that it's important to acknowledge here that people that aren't even moving overseas can have that same mentality I mean, I'm not saying minimize well, not just even to over, the core. Not just overseas. I think just any change in events in your life. So you you could be in a... It's very motivating when you move house locally. But I'm just saying yep. even if you're not moving, have yep. that same mindset Absolutely. to when you are decluttering or yep. when you are minimizing just so that you can go, okay, well, besides the furniture or if you're planning to take the furniture with you... Um, if I was to need to move overseas or want to move overseas next month, that won't be a problem. You know, mm. you've got the possessions that you want to take with you. You just pack up and you go. Yeah. So um, I actually wish that we had that mentality all along. Yeah. I mean, there are some things that you just practically need, like a vacuum cleaner. We're not taking a vacuum cleaner over there, um, but that's something that you need on a regular basis. So obviously every situation is slightly different, but I thought that that was a really interesting way of how we've been more and more ruthless each time. And now yeah. it's like, okay, this is the most ruthless that we've actually ever been. Like I'm currently looking at our pile of things that we're taking with us and it's quite small. Yeah. Like Chewy's crate, our dog's crate, <laughs> he's getting transported in is a third of the pile yeah. of the things that we're actually taking with us. Yeah. And, you know, we've managed to get all of our things into one bedroom that we use on a daily basis as well. Yep. Um, 
so yeah i, f- I find that that a mind mind shift is is really interesting yeah it's it's motivating yeah when, well and exactly and i think you, even if you're not moving you can apply that principle but i think um if you're listening to this episode you've probably gone through a few life cycles right and and i think if you are fortunate enough to be moving you, you can use that um as a, a launch pad into this journey of making those decisions mm. because but the, the main thing is that when you have finally transitioned in the move is to retain that mentality yeah um also if even if you are you know you're having children right you, you could be you could use that as a trigger to say okay when i bring children into my life like um, do i really need these things right yeah. so that you could use events in your life to keep going now it's just a question of how sustainable that mm. approach is from a mindset, mm. um, but it's absolutely a motivator and a way to make decisions on what to keep and what not to. Yeah. So that covers, I guess, my experience in, you know, does this continue? Sorry, does this contribute to the person that I want to be? Yes. Um, so that's the third point. Yep. And then I guess the last point is Joshua's point. So does this serve a greater purpose in my life? Yeah. So, and this is where Michael is probably yeah more so at than I am. Yeah. So I think um you know uh, you know again when you ask this question it implies that you need to know what your purpose is. Um, but see, this is why yeah. we've got the three other categories, yes. so people can slot themselves in where they feel comfortable. Yeah. And so there probably is a portion of the people that are listening that would probably fit into this one. Yeah. More so than any others, and I think that a lot of entrepreneurs are probably. Not just entrepreneurs, I think anyone who's just, you know, motivated to serve, Yeah, you know, and I think that's the point Joshua was trying to make in his article is, you know, a lot of people are trying to draw happiness from the things that they accumulate, where, you know, if you look at psychological evidence, a lot of our happiness actually comes from a place of service and helping others. If you actually help others to get to where they need to get to, uh, what that does for your internal happiness is quite monumental as well so i think uh for those of you who are asking this question there's a few different ways to look at it um i like to look at it based on your own internal values but this requires doing a bit of work to do that as well so i actually um i wrote a post about this that was linked to um uh another uh another writer uh james clear um so he's He's the actually he, he he actually wrote a book that recently got uh, a New York Times bestseller, uh, which is called Atomic Habits, uh, as well. Um, but he talks about something called the Personal Integrity Report. So this is just basically a series of questions you ask yourself to determine what your values are, mm-hmm. uh, and then you basically hold yourself accountable to living those values by reviewing it regularly and asking yourself some questions. So uh, when I did this exercise. Um, you know, uh, a few years ago, I landed on five core values of compassion, simplicity, authenticity, adding value, and fun. So, uh, and I had a lot of trigger questions that helped me to identify what these values were. But now when I look at my greater purpose, it kind of stems from that identity. And it helps me that when I make a decision to, you know, I love technology. So, you know, when I bring in a new piece of technology into my life, like let's say a MacBook Pro, which we recently purchased, um, that was such a long decision-making process. 
um, to bring that into our lives. But it really came down to the values and how that contributed to those five elements. And it ticked all those boxes. So that's why I was able to confidently make that purchase. You make it sound like it's your laptop. It's technically yeah, yeah, mine. Yeah, it is actually yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, and, but there's been other things that I've been tempted to get, like an iPad, for example, that mm. hasn't quite ticked all those boxes. But if I was to ask Marie's question, I could have justified that. Yeah. If I picked up this iPad and said, does this spark me a spark joy? <laughs> 100% it does. Yeah. But does this contribute to a greater purpose? No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And that's based on the value set. So that's a difference in extremes of asking that question yeah. and fall into the trap of getting things that you may not necessarily need. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, you, this is this is where I like to operate and I'll definitely link to the article in the show notes as well. If you are really keen to do that internal work to find out, um, okay, if your greater purpose is not really clear in terms of who you want to serve, mm then maybe see if you can do a personal integrity report. Figure out what your values are. Mm. Really, really clearly articulate that to yourself. Then go back and try and declutter in your life. And you, you see that you have a very different lens of how you look at things. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's how I approach it. Now, that's a really great point because I think it can be overwhelming. But then when you actually sit with yourself and go, okay, well, what what do I want to – like? who do I want to be and what are my actual values right at this point in time? Yes. That can in itself be really powerful to help you move forward because otherwise you might feel quite stuck. Yeah. And I mean, you asked me that question before and I had like, it took me a couple of minutes to to say things, but then you can even just having those as like your daily, not daily mantras, but kind of the, the words that just pop up into your head. Yeah. The, you just, like the ones that you just said earlier. Once you've done that work, you know what those words are associated with and that can actually definitely help Absolutely. you to get through. If to you can remember that, like it's just helping me be a more compassionate person. Yeah. Like it's just helping me reach a level of simplicity yeah. in life. Yeah. It's just helping me be fun. Like like really you can you can keep cycling through these terms and and you're not fixed. You know, you're not bound to these values. Mm, they might change over You might time. change. We're yeah. all fluid people and but but it require like that's what I love about minimalism. Like everyone thinks it's pretty easy uh and you just get rid of some things and you call it a day, but it's like you really have to do the work. And and I think that's where you're going to get the most value out of minimalism and that level of intentionality that we all seek to live in our lives. It's minimalism calls you out in your bullshit. Like, it really does. It calls you out on the things that you want on the surface. But what do you really want? Mm. And if you're willing to do that work, it's going to unlock that for you. It's interesting because it reminds me of, like, different phases in life is what you mentioned. But even, like, when it comes to your eating habits. Yeah. You know, exercise. Obviously, the type of exercise that you were doing when you were 15 might not be suitable for you when you're 60 or 70 years old. Sure. Um, and also adapting that to, you know, what you find enjoyable and to your body. The same with eating. Like, well, but, but you might think that you eat really healthy, but then you write it all down on a piece of paper and you say, you know, call bullshit on that. Like, you've got to be real with yourself and go, okay, well, what am I actually is, doing? Is health a value for you? Like, yeah. y- you know, your... <laughs> Uh, and, you know, your mum impressed me the other day so much because health 
is such a core value of hers. Yeah. Like, you know, she was running late to an appointment, but um, she still prioritized making a quick juice. Mm. Like, so for her, it was just like, I need to get my cold press juice. In I no need to what. get my cold press juice in no matter what. And I'm like, whoa, that is cool. This is somebody who's really living mm. by the values of health. Yeah. Whilst so many people, including mm. myself, like, I'm out. I need to get to this appointment or mm. I'm prioritizing other things. Mm. That's what the level of commitment looks like mm. when you have that value of health. Mm. And um, but it's also saying no to other things so that you can achieve but that this is without stressing exactly. every single day. True. But yeah. but this is the, this is the game of minimalism. If mm. you are able to get rid of things in your life that get in the way of yeah. your value of health, yeah. then you're able to do that more peacefully. Yeah. Another example of a value set could be creativity. Mm. If creativity is such an important value to you, mm. what are you choosing to say no to mm. in your possessions so that you can say, so yes, you to can say yes to creativity? Yeah. Right? So um, this, is where, this is where it gets really fun for minimalism. Mm. Um, so uh, the question that is... Be, that could be yeah, a whole yeah, episode it, it is, itself, yeah. but yeah. It is. So look, we, we might leave it at that. Um, but look, is there anything else you want to add? No, I think we've actually covered quite a bit should we summarize the questions? Yeah. So, um, as we said before, so there's four different questions depending on where you are in life at the moment. So that one doesn't seem like it's not doing enough for you. And the other one seems like it's too overwhelming. So first one is, does it spark joy? Second, what would be, uh, sorry, what would the person I look up to do? Uh, third is, does this contribute to the person I want to be? And the fourth one is, does this serve a greater purpose in my life? Yeah. So ask yourself, fit yourself in somewhere there. You might even be an overlap of two and just really take the time to, um, I mean, at the end of the day, this is kind of important work. Yeah. You know, if you want to get the most out of life and really move forward, I think it's important to have that chat. To yeah. yourself or to really be honest and see where you are in life at the moment absolutely and hopefully our goal is that if it starts off with sparking joy just get started yeah please just get started you yeah. don't want the weight of things mm. um you know weighing down your life mm. so just get started and if and if you build snowball. momentum yeah, yeah you might actually start going through and asking yourself deeper questions as you build momentum with getting rid of things in your life um but, you know, I, I have to tell you, it is magical. Like, I, I feel so good living at this level of intentionality. And just, like, there's so many things you're just like, oh, do you want to keep this? I'm like, no. Mm. Do you want this? I'm like, no. Oh, he's ruthless. And, and it's just like, <laughs> I don't even think twice. Yeah. You know, but because, like, you, you feel so clear in mm. what you want. Mm. Um, and, and, and I just, I want everybody to feel this way. Mm. I really do. Mm. Uh, it's amazing. Um, so yeah, so, and, and guys, we, we, you know, we're not the absolute professionals on this topic. I'm sure there's some more questions that you could be asking. Well, if you have any questions that really resonate well with you and where you are, share them with us. We'd love to know what they are, um, and see if there's any gaps that we might've missed along the way, but they're the ones that I guess resonated with us the most. And the ones obviously that we found, are sort of um, quite popular at this point in time yes. and what people are using yes. to analyse the things in their lives. Absolutely. Cool. cool. 
Well, thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you actually got some value out of this. I definitely know that I I did and I'll probably listen back to it and, and pick up something more each time. Yep. But um, yeah, so tune in. We'll keep posting a podcast every Monday morning. And yeah, if you have any questions, feel free to hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, shoot us an email or just leave a comment on our website for this podcast episode. But um, yeah, we'll chat. We'll chat next Monday. Thanks, guys. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. What a fun episode, guys. I'm so excited that so many people around the world are engaging in this KonMari method and in creating clean and clear environments. Uh, I mean, it's all so positive and we couldn't thank Marie Kondo enough for what she's done for the movement. Um, You know, I, I think, though, that I hope from this conversation you're open to looking beyond uh, just the question, does this item spark joy? To see that there, there's some really meaningful contributions that declutter, decluttering can make to your life. As always, you can find all the links to the articles we mentioned in this episode, uh, which you can find at the show notes, theminimalistvegan.com slash 007. That's theminimalistvegan.com slash 007. To wrap up this episode, I just wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening to this show. Uh, We're so used to hiding behind words in a blog and we could not anticipate the the deepened relationship and connection we've made with our audience through podcasting. It's truly been a surreal experience, so thank you. Uh, The last review that we received on iTunes kind of encapsulates what we're going for with the show. It says, Refreshingly down to earth. I love the natural organic conversation between the two hosts. This is a little departure from the standard Q&A interview format. Thought-provoking and entertaining. Uh, If you go back to our first episode, um, why we started a podcast, you would recall that that's kind of what we're going for. Something that's more conversational. That's not as traditional as a QA and a format. So thank you so much for your feedback and please keep it coming. Uh, you know, all these reviews and ratings on iTunes helps new listeners decide if our content is right for them. Anyway, here's to living with less stuff and more compassion. Talk to you next week. Peace.